0: You're listening to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast. For more information, check out our website at www.shorelinecc.com. Welcome today. You made it for Easter. And how about those waffles and the bacon, you know, and the fruit and stuff? And just a big thank you to everybody and Natalie and the team that made that happen. You know, throughout the Bible, we see that when Jesus pulled people together, he often ate. So we want to walk in the way of Jesus, Right. Amen, I'm Amen. so glad that you're here today. One of the things that I enjoy about days like today is this is a family day, meaning that we have all the kids up with us. You with me today, kids? How many kids we got here today? There we go, yep. You're all kids, I know that. Because I love when we have a chance to get together. If you have your Bibles this morning, for the next three hours, April Fool's, that's, I promise had to get one in. But just for the next little bit, we're going to be looking at uh, the book of Romans, that first chapter, verses 1 through 6. So if you have your Bible, or a smartphone, or something I don't know about that has a Bible on it, you can just get that out. We're looking at Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And we're even going to project it for you, so I encourage you to read this with me. Read this with me. It says, Paul... Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, may you open our hearts and our minds today as we've gathered together. Speak to us your word, O God. Speak to us your word and your truth so that we might receive it. And that it would bring life to us, we pray, in your holy, holy and wonderful name. Amen, amen. Welcome today. And again, if you are here today exploring faith like what Pastor Steve just mentioned about, whether you don't know Christ, whether you don't even believe in Christ, or whether you're seeking, I just want to say a big, big welcome, big welcome to you. And our prayer is that this would be a place where you can come in and explore, you can ask the hard questions. And to really find in that. So welcome here. Let's join us as we look at this together. So as we look at Easter today and the resurrection, a lot of times many people will ask, what's the big deal about it? You know, what's the big deal apart from figuring out how rabbits can lay eggs, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So just ask somebody that question later. It'd be a great lunchtime conversation. But what's the big deal about resurrection and Easter? Well, the big deal is that God wants you to be with him. This is the whole purpose of Easter. God wants to be reconnected with you. In Romans, at the end of this, chapter 1, verse 6, it says, You who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Do you hear the words there? You belong to Jesus Christ. He wants to connect with you. And this is the story of Easter. Remember, all the way back, when you open the Bible in that very first chapter, we find that God is our creator, and God made us to be with him. This is his design. This is why he made us. And even in this, it shows that he loves us. In Romans 1 26, it says, Let us make man in our own image. We are all made in the image of God. Just look around the room today. These are all reflections of who God is. Go ahead. You want to see a masterpiece? Look at the person next to you and say, You're a masterpiece. You are all made in the image of God. Different colors, different flavors, different ways of speaking. This all represents who God is because we are all made in his image. This is who we are. And the fact that God did this, it shows the love of God because he made us after himself. Him making us was a result of the love of God. Because see, love always expands community. Love always grows. God wasn't lonely when he made us, but his love made him want to make us and to create us for that. And the Bible even says that he relates to us as a father, not a bad father, but a good father, a great father. It's who he is. Galatians 3 says, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. No matter how old you are, this is your calling in life because he is the great father. So he wants to be with you, but he had to rescue us. And Easter is his rescue plan. Today, we sit right in the middle of God's, east, God's rescue plan for us. See, God made us, but we rejected him. This is is a familiar story. Romans 3 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. See, some have rejected God intentionally. I've had friends, even family members, who have said, I don't believe in God. I've had friends and family members that have rejected God said, I believe he's there, but he doesn't care. So I push him away and I I reject him. But there's also people that they just ignore him. They just ignore him. But I'm here to tell you today that ignorance is not bliss. Because the Bible says that God has revealed himself to us and he's made it plain. God is evident if you look and you open your eyes. Romans 1 says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that we are without excuse. You know? Just like I said earlier, when you look around, you see the image of God. You see his handiwork. When you smell the wonderful aromas, all the things that God has made, it's evident to see who he is. So whether we're intentionally going the wrong way or maybe we're just ignoring the signs, the fact is you're still going the wrong way. If you want to hear some backpack nightmare adventures, just come talk to me later. And I'll tell you about some examples of going the wrong way. But no matter how you got there, going the wrong way is going the wrong way. And see, God doesn't want us to go the wrong way because he loves us. When you love somebody, you're not content just to see them walking and going the wrong way and going in an area that is going to be destructive for us. So God loves us because he knows that going the wrong way is destructive. See, God's love is concerned for us in every way because God knows because he made us that rejecting him, which is sin, that rejection of God, it brings death. Rejecting God and walking away is destructive to us. And it's not just destructive in one area, but it's destructive in all areas. In Romans 6, when when it says the wages of sin is death, it means that in every area, physically, sin destroys us. And we see that that effect around us. I've even experienced that. Emotionally, that rejection of God, that sin, it destroys us. Intellectually, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. When we reject it, even intellectually, it brings death. And spiritually, ultimately, to the soul, See, rejecting God is so destructive because it walks away from our original design. Remember, we were made in the image of God to connect with him. And the person that is created only finds their purpose when they look to the creator and said, what do you have for me? What do you have for me, God? Right? Walking away from God, it puts ourselves in the wrong environment. It's like a fish out of water. How many of you have had a goldfish do that to you? Any kids here got goldfish today? Any goldfish? Or are you saying, mom and dad, I'd like to have a goldfish today? Is, is that right? It's, it's like a fish out of water. It may live for a while and it may even be able to flop to a puddle for a while. But unless that fish gets back in the water, you're going to be having goldfish sushi for lunch today. Because this is the reality of it. Any sushi lovers? All right, moving on. <laughs> right. Put a land animal in the middle of the ocean. If you take a dog or any kind of animal that was meant to be on land and you put it in the middle of the ocean, that dog may last for a while, but unless that land animal finds its way back on land, at some point it's going to drown. It may be able to stay afloat. It may be able to pull together some rafting materials, but it was made to be on land. And even using a tool for the wrong purpose, it will eventually break it. Everyone knows that every nail needs a hammer. Paint needs a brush. But when we use the wrong tool, we end up kind of hurting it. You know, I'll, never, I'll never forget back when, when cell phones first came out. How, how, how many can remember when cell phones were like a special thing? Not everybody had a cell phone, okay? Now at the age of three, it's like, where's my cell phone? But when cell phones first came out, I'll never forget, I had this little flip phone. And if you don't know what a flip phone is, ask somebody like me. And I remember going, where's my flip phone? I got I to gotta find it. And all of a sudden I heard down the hallway th- this little this little knock. And to my horror, I ran down the hallway and I saw one of my sons, which will not be named today, using my cell phone to hit a nail in the floor. <laughs> now, going through that mind, I wasn't a really good father at that moment. I was trying I was trying to be saying, God help me here. Boy, because a cell phone was not made to hit a nail. And not only that, a cell phone is a terrible hammer. But we often do the same thing where we look at it and we go, we're using the wrong tool and the wrong application. We were made to be with God. When we do that, we even get damaged, we get hurt. And there may be some that they may think that they've outsmarted God. But really, we're just living in what the Bible calls Grace. In Romans 5, 8, it says, God proves his love for us in this, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, when I was not with God, when I was walking away from God, when I wasn't choosing God, God was still reaching out to me. And it would have been very easy for me to think, well, everything's going okay, this is all right. But really it was God's grace saying, I died for you. Come and live for me, find that life. And I was walking in this grace portion that had been given to me. Because see, we need a savior. And Jesus is God's rescue plan. That's the whole point of today. And Jesus is the only way to reconnect with God. And I know for some of you, that may sound like it's very arrogant, but those are not my words. My creator says that, my creator who loves me. And as I have trusted him, as I've followed him and pulled in, I've found that truth coming in my life. The only way to connect with God is through Jesus, through receiving Him. Jesus even said, "I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to me except through me. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus." And then Paul echoes it in Romans. He says, "If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that He was raised from the dead, the resurrection, the rescue plan, you will be saved. You will be saved." I love what um, Lee Strobel does. Lee Strobel even put it in a math quote. How many of you just love math? And you just, I, I can't wait to get to math tomorrow. Okay, Lee Strobel, he even put it in a mathematical formula that we have up here, where he just says, believe plus receive equals become. And there's a lot in that because see, believing is where we start that yes, there is a God who made me and Jesus is the way. But like every gift, I need to receive it. I need to receive that gift. It is a gift of life from God. And as I do that, I become, because being a Christian is a process. Now, when we believe and receive, we are immediately become followers of Christ. We have been saved. But just like in everything, there's a learning curve, isn't there? Let me ask you a question. It's not a trick question, but am I perfect? Thank you for your quick response. I'm not perfect. And the reality is I never will be. But I'll I'll tell you this, that through Jesus, I'm a lot better. I'm a lot stronger than I was when I first started. Well, I remember at the age of five when I would just go and every day I was just giving my life to Christ. Because at the age of five, I was, you know, I was doing some crazy bad things like stealing cookies. I was pulling my sister's hair. You know, I was... Uh, Climbing trees I shouldn't climb. I was building tree houses higher than I was supposed to do them. I was walking across ice that was too thin and falling in. And then when I go home, mom and dad would say, Well, what happened? I'd say, Nothing happened. Why? But I've come a long way since then. Hills and valleys, that's the process of becoming. You believe, you receive. But it's a process. And I think it's one of the things that confuses people about coming to church because there's this image out there that is false that everybody in church is perfect. Is everyone in church perfect? No. <laughs> if you walk in and everyone's perfect, you'd go, wait a minute, what is this place? Because <laughs> that's not what family is. Is every family perfect? Is every person perfect? no they're not right there's challenges in that that you grow in and that's what it means to be the church to be the body of Christ we come together and we are all growing in Christ at different stages very immature very mature people all mixed together and that's why for me I love it when I see a mess okay I didn't always love it but I love it when I see a mess because mess shows activity if you walk into a place where there's family there, there's a family gathering with all ages around and there's no mess something's wrong it's like today, someone said, you know, Pastor Dwayne, does it bother you when kids are in the room and you hear them making noise? I said, no, it's actually a little more concerning when kids are, qu- are too, a little too quiet. Because we know if you watch kids, if they're quiet, something's going on. So for me, hearing the activity, hearing kids talking is so rewarding. It's so refreshing. And I, and I, and I love it. Because that's what family is. And that's what the body of Christ is. That's what the church is when we come together. We're all at different stages. But we're keeping our eyes fixed on Christ, helping each other, encouraging each other. This is what it means. This is the miracle of Easter. This is the part of God's love. And God wanted to make His love so plain to us that He didn't want to miss it. So, what God did, He gave us the ultimate proof. The ultimate proof of who Jesus is, is the resurrection. Did you know that? The ultimate proof of who Jesus is is the resurrection. The resurrection is one of the most provable things that prove that Jesus is who he said he was. Even when skeptics back in that day, when you read through the Gospels, you see so many times the skeptics would say, Are you really Jesus? Are you really the Son of God? Do you know what Jesus would offer as proof? The resurrection. He would predict his death and he would say, But in three days, I'm going to rise again. And they're like, What do you mean? What do you mean? How can that be true? But this is the proof. And the resurrection is so important that one theologian even said, it is the test by which we know that he was telling the truth. And it is unique to Christianity. This is the evidence. This is the proof. And when you study it out and when you look at it, the proof is overwhelming. It is overwhelming, so overwhelming that the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he wrote that if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, everything we're doing today may be a lot of fun and we'll just be a people of waffles and bacon, crying maple syrup tears, but it's useless. It is all about the resurrection of Christ. And it's one of the most provable facts. When you dig into it, when you read the evidence, it is astounding. Archaeology repeatedly affirms the New Testament's accuracy. Let me say that again. Archaeology continually and repeatedly affirms the New Testament's accuracy. The historical evidence, the scientific evidence, the medical evidence, it continually affirms the resurrection of Christ. And we don't have time today for me to all go into that. But just very briefly... Dr. John McRae, who's a recognized expert in archaeology and the ancient world, he says it this way. He says, The general consensus of both liberal and conservative scholars is that Luke, the gospel of Luke, is very accurate, and that Luke is accurate as a historian. His Greek approaches classical quality. He writes as an educated man, and archaeological discoveries are showing over and over again that Luke is accurate in what he says. Do you hear the power of that? The gospel of Luke. And not only does history and archaeology prove the resurrection of Jesus, but we also have overwhelming eyewitness accounts of his resurrection. See, following the resurrection of Christ, over 500 people saw him. And all of his disciples, every one of them, they saw Jesus. And they didn't just see Jesus passing through a crowd or seeing something over there and go, that looks like Jesus. They saw him up front. He even cooked breakfast for them today. Can I get a shout for that? Breakfast. How many breakfast people you got? Every day. Okay. He cooked breakfast for them. After he was dead, rising from the dead, he came in and said, Can I, I'm ready to cook you breakfast today. Wow. Maybe breakfast just affects me, but he was with them. He said to Thomas, he said, put your finger here. He said, see my hands. Do not disbelieve, but believe. See, Jesus was the only one who conquered death. And this is sometimes why we have a hard time with resurrection. Because, see, we may feel comfortable acknowledging that Jesus, he's a good teacher. He was a prophet. He had some good things to say. But beyond this, this is where a lot of people start falling off. When it moves from just being somebody in a book or somebody that has some good things or someone that just did some good humanitarian things and feeding people, loving people, protecting people, reaching out to the marginalized. But, see, Jesus did all this as king. And this established his kingship. And remember, king is always in charge. He is the king. And his kingship is never in question. The only question that we often have is, do we want to be a part of his kingdom? He's king. But do we want to be a part of it? But before you answer two, quick, you got to keep in mind, there are only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of heaven, there's Jesus' kingdom, and then there's the kingdom of this world, which is Satan. I know that's a tough word to hear, a tough word to say, but that's the reality of it. There are only two kingdoms in this world. And my prayer for all of us today, all of us, is that we would believe that we would receive and that we would become the children of God, because this is the power of Easter, that God, through Jesus Christ, made us to be alive and to resurrect us. Are there any dead parts of your life? Things that you're struggling with, things that you're hurting, things you don't understand. See, Jesus came not just to save us, but Jesus came to be alive in us. When we believe and receive and become, his spirit comes in us. And that's a wild, crazy thing, isn't it? But it's true because that's how we were made. We were made for Jesus to be alive in us, to live in him. See, Jesus, he didn't just come just to pay the check for all the bad stuff I did and say, see you, Dwayne, you'll try to stay out of trouble. You're costing me a lot of money here. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus came and He gave His life for me, when I was still rejecting Him. And now He lives in me because I believe and I've received. I'm becoming. I'm growing in that. But He also came to be alive in me. He told His disciples, He said, "Guys, you'll do even greater things than I did." And look at all the things Jesus did. He walked on water for one. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I've never done that yet. He did miracles. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And he's saying, I want to be alive in you, whether you're a little kid or whether you're, I don't want to say old, but whether you're old, (laughs) wherever you are today, he wants to be alive in you. Alive in you. Because see, the goal for our life is not just survival. The goal is to be alive. The goal is to be alive. I think that's why I love having kids in it, because they're alive. They're going, they're coloring, they're eating little Smarties they're alive, they're active, they're questioning, they're asking questions, they're engaging with it. Jesus came to make us alive and to say, I love you and to be reconnected. And no matter what you've been going through, no matter what you've been doing, there's hope today in him. And if you've been following Jesus your whole life, we need to be reminded of that, that he's alive in us. Resurrection means not just a live one-time event. Salvation is not a one-time event. It is an ongoing act of Jesus' life in us, empowering us, healing us, and resurrecting those things in us. And this morning, I want to wrap it up with this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 110. And I want to read this to you as I wrap up. Just This is from the Message Bible, the Message Translation. And here's what it says, Ephesians 2. It says, It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old, stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. And we all did it. I did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, God embraced us. And he took our sin-dead lives and he made us alive in Christ. And he did all of this on his own with no help from us. And then he picked us up. And he set us down on highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. I love this when it says, now God has us right where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus saving is all his idea and all his work all we have to do is trust him enough to let him do it it's God's gift from the start to the finish we don't play a major role if we did we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing no We neither make nor save ourselves. God does both by making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we would better be doing. All of us, we've breathed in this polluted air. And then we've just breathed it out again. And God's saying, will you trust me? Will you be alive in me today? Wherever you are on your path, I want you to know that God has never stopped looking at you. Think about that. The God who made you, your heavenly father, he's never, ever stopped looking at you. He's never stopped looking for you. He's never stopped gazing up on you. He's never stopped pursuing you. And even now, God is pursuing you because God loves you. See, proximity doesn't always bring intimacy. Just knowing about God is very different than knowing God. And we can be around it all the time. But until we receive that love of God and say, be resurrected in me today, We've yet to become what God would have us do. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for your great love that is boundless, that reaches out to us, that paid for everything. But Lord, we need to receive it. And I know you have us right where you want us, right where you want us, oh God. So speak to us today. Before you leave today, I just like to—I love ending our services with, with the Aaron's blessing. Would you just say this with me, and just speak this over your life? Aaron's blessing. Let's say this together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace.